Hi, I'm Prophet Nati. Thanks for listening to the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Meditate with us every Monday as we seek to educate you on the latest developments and personal stories of those shaping the cannabis economy across the region. Now here's your program. Adrian, um, today the, the Caribbean Cannabis Channel, we just dive into the lives of our um, Caribbean cannabis community members. And I just want to start off by finding out like how, how were you introduced to cannabis? What got you to start using cannabis? Well, when I started using cannabis was January 2016. How I got introduced, my friend, I just I came to so I came to you, right? I didn't know what anything was at all. <laughs> I didn't know what the word cannabis was at all. I think I know I knew weed, but I didn't know how it smelled. I didn't interact with it ever before. So I went to Jamaica, and obviously a lot of people in Jamaica smoke. And somebody was just like, I'm going to try some weed. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then I, I didn't really get anything from it. Like, it wasn't really anything. And then I decided in January 2016, so I'd stopped drinking, like, the end of 2015. So I put down alcohol. And I was just like, I really want to try just this to see how it is, like actually see how it is. You know what I mean? And I started smoking like at the end of every month. And you know how you get your salary every month? Like I would just buy at the end of the month as like a reward. You know what I mean? And then it was only until the end of that year that I felt like I got high for the first time ever. Like seriously, like I was actually like, wow. I am high. Like, this is what weed is. And I think it kind of starts a love relationship because I just kind of started feeling more of myself. Like, I could be more of myself. So, all the noise, because I have anxiety and stuff. So, all the noise and things that used to go on in my head, it would just disappear with weed. And I would just kind of be the me that I would be if I was in my room alone. You know what I mean? And that, that was extremely important, important to me to kind of be your authentic self inside, behind four walls by yourself and also around people and with people. Um, because, I mean, I think that's the best way to even understand somebody, just knowing who they actually are, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And I really into living in my truth. So cannabis kind of helps me more live in my truth um, without overthinking it. And, yeah. So yeah, I was like I think I fell in love with the plant like 2017. Like I knew that I did. 2017, I was just like, nah, in love. Because I used to come home too. And I never used to smoke in Trinidad at all. Like at all. I only used to smoke in Trinidad. I didn't even know where to get me here. I barely know where to get me here. And I just so I'd, so my time away from the plant, when it is I used to come home for like summers and Christmases, I was like, that's how I knew that I was like into it or loved it at least or loved the effects that it gave me or how it made me because I was without it and I just knew <laughs> that's amazing actually and it's a reoccurring theme you realize with a lot of cannabis users 
is that it allows them to be their authentic selves. And I, I had a similar experience, um, actually, and it was only 2017, just like um, you, where I think that I fell in love with cannabis, as you, as you described it. A, a lot of us start off um, recreational users, really, to build some laughs, some kicks with our friends and um, why we uh, alignment. But there reaches a point where you sort of dive further into it, or it actually sparks that authentic part of the brain, um, as you said. And the, the first experience, I want to go back on that because, like myself, I, I tried cannabis a few times before it actually hit, like you got the, the high. And that first high, like how was that, that experience um, for you? The first high. I think I was just, how was that? I think was, the thing is, I think my first high was an edible. It was not weed like uh like the thing I think it was an edible yeah I remember it being an edible because I think when it happened I was in my first year and it was Christmas time because I remember that it was like the end of the year and I know because I know that I started and I think that's what kind of kickstart the smoke so I was just on an edible and I was just like what's this (laughs) what's this like what's happening to my body um it felt crazy. Like, I felt like I was going mad. Like, I literally felt like I was going mad. Not in a bad way, just in a... I didn't experience life on that frequency. You see me? That was really it. Like, I didn't know life could be on this frequency. And then I was just like, okay. And that was it. When I when I got my first smoke eye, like a proper smoke eye, was probably February. The, like... 2000 and, and it was and it wasn't like any good strong weed like jamaica have a million and one levels of weed you'll get to that when you get to that but they have different levels of weed and the person that i was buying from like was just selling regular weed that wasn't really hitting like that so it was it was a it was a minimal high so i kind of had to in advance and increase like i increased my grade quality every year probably i think <laughs> Every year I increase my grade quality. Like when I change dealers, I try to get change that. You know what I mean? And then also I got accustomed to smoking dispensary weed. But Trinidad different. Trinidad is just everybody smoking hard weed. Like everybody kind of just smoking hard weed in Trinidad and Jamaica. They have they have bush weed. It have a little better than bush weed. In the experience there, I know that you were also a brand ambassador for a dispensary as well as you work can exam from what I understood. So how, how were you introduced into that space, both for the dispensary that you were working with as well as Canic? Okay, so I was at a place in my life where I was just like, Adriana, so there's this quote that I kind of live by too that kind of talks about manifesting. You can manifest your blessings, yeah? So I was in a phase of my life where I was just like sad and I was kind of coming out of that and I was just like, you know what, Adriana? You're going to do anything that's make you happy. Anything that you want to do right now, go for it. Because the word, like, that's when I actually start living by the phrase. The only thing, if the only, the worst thing they could tell it is no. That's what, that's when I started living by the phrase. And when I since I realized I was in love with cannabis in 2017, I was reading like an article and about a band called like Raging Fire, right? And they call themselves Ganjapreneurs, right? Now, I was reading this high, so it, it could be the weed. But as soon as I read the word, I felt like God say, that's it. That's what you're going to do, right? That's what it, 
they're going to do. Like, I literally heard him. Like, he said, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't know. I don't know how, but I just knew. He God said, this is you. I said, ah, no problem. And since then, I just kind of made it my goal. So I kind of was talking to my friend because she had worked at Canex and she said, just reach out to the CEO and ask him stuff, 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 stuff. So I said, okay, cool. And I finally must up the courage and I went and I did it and I messaged him on Facebook and I said, yo, I'm I'm young. I'm like 21. I really want to get into the cannabis industry. Don't know how to do it. Don't know where to start. But I really want to. And I told them some of my goals because I still I have a lot of cannabis goals. Yeah. For what I want to do in the industry and where I eventually want to go. So yeah. And I kind of kind of told them that. And the guy replied to my email and he said, Well, okay, we can meet, we can have a meeting. So blah, blah, blah. So we did have a meeting, we kind of talked about this, and he said I could probably like make you be my first intern because they never had an intern before. They never really had anybody my age because everybody on the team was either late 20s, 30s, like everybody's old. I was the only person who was like 21. I think I was 21 at that time. Or 22. I was the only person that age. And um they and then I went to meet him. So he came to UE for something. And I, I went to meet him and we kind of spoke and stuff like that. And ever since then, we just kind of, I kind of joined the team for Canex that year, which is Canex 2018. Kind of joined the team and I became the first intern and I kind of used to help just kind of reach out and reach people my age in terms of it. And it was kind of difficult because being a UE student, telling people yo let's kind of besides and i'm not even an influencer or popular or anything you know what i mean it, and to and to get people into the the industry part of it or the part of it that's more than just recreational um sometimes i don't think people could see that far sometimes people there's people that just see to, to recreation that level and some people who even love weed really just prefer to be users you know what i mean they just prefer to be users. like <laughs> and, it's, and there's nothing wrong like there's nothing wrong with that but there's a there's a majority of the youth population who just want to be users like they think they want to get into the industry but they actually don't they really just want to be users and and have a good convo and probably know some things and they want to own a farm but i think i don't know what the people apart from the people who are there for money when I was at that conference and listening to the things that I was listening to, I was just like, these people are passionate about the change that this could make and how it could impact not only the economy, but the people. And that was a big deal to me because that's, that's why I'm trying to tell everybody, like, look at the impact on this on us. Like, on us. Like, we, we literally better. You know what I mean? from just one plant who knew that's great actually because i was listening to a podcast actually with the ceo of connect and he was alluding to that same thing where it's not just the economy that they are trying to change but also the people because it's really the people who makes the economy so if you don't really get the people in it or see how it could actually benefit and assist the the, the, the life of um, a person in your society, then it kind of is all for naught because we could we could get the money, yes, but 
the impact on the people, how, how is it impacting? And, and I'm glad you actually touched on that as well as in youth and cannabis, because usually when you look around, not just in the Caribbean region, but also on, on the global scale, a lot of the persons who are in the cannabis industry, industry or economy, I don't like the word industry for cannabis, I would say economy. No, you tell me, I don't like it. I want to ask you about that difference, like why it's called it economy. I didn't have separate economies like that. I thought the industry, I thought they have industries that make up the economy. Okay, so no problem. I'll tell you share why um, I prefer the use of economy opposed to industry. And it comes from actually like listening to a lot of the conversations of persons who are doing the research, um, not just on the business side, but also um, quality assurance and these different things. Um, Dr. Emanuel is um, one of them. He is a, um, a researcher at the Life Sciences Department in, in New Ramona, um, as well as a couple of persons. But what they was alluding to is that when you say it's an industry, you sort of segregate it from the different parts of the economy. So when people speak about the cannabis industry, they more speak on the business aspect or the manufacturing aspect. However, when we refer to it as an economy, it will include both the, the daily lives of persons, it will include the health sector and all these different things. So uh, I was listening to it, I was like, yo, that actually makes sense because there's this, this push now where cannabis is sort of getting commercialized and industrialized. And I mean, yes, we, it, it will benefit um, the economy and bring revenue, and et cetera. But it's not just that, you know, it's not just about our next money-making venture. It has been in the lives of persons since the dawn of time, and it will continue to be in the lives of persons, whether persons make it legal or it remains illegal in the market. So, um, yeah, that's why I, I went in to use the word economy rather than industry. But yeah, going back to what, what you were speaking about with the youth and youth in cannabis, it's something that we need more of. And I think a lot of youth, as I said, they want to remain users. Reason being, like, it's still easy for you to keep it private. A lot of people still don't like to speak about their cannabis use. Yes, being people are so afraid about being loud. Like, I am allowed. I don't care. It's what I stand for. If you don't stand up for what you're standing for, then why, why are you even standing for it in the first place? You can't be ashamed about what you're standing for. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people are very, very... Like, like have kind of a shame. A lot of people have kind of a shame. I realize, which is something that I don't particularly like, but I know, I know it's from the society and it's among the youths and, and it's among just, just baby boomers and generational people. They have kind of a shame, but through me being cannabis confident is the way that my family accepted it more. You get what I'm saying? Like if it's like if my mommy saw my CBD products, she normal, she cool. That couldn't happen. My dad hated it. But the other day, when I since I was talking to him on the phone, he just like I see because he he went on my Instagram because I don't know people start showing my parents my Instagram is really wild, and <laughs> I was just like okay, and um yeah he went on my Instagram and when I was an influencer, I was saying you know I used to do the videos, so yeah um. Yeah, he's just like, oh, that, that, that's a lot of like information and I didn't know all of that. And, da, 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 da. and he talking to me, he's just like, you know, that's a good industry and you should carry on getting it. And I was just like, what? 
what the other day you vex i thought you <laughs> and i think i think we need to have a bit more cannabis confidence amongst amongst youths and not just the people who, who work in, in the industry or the economy as you say the people who are just users too like sometimes it's sometimes it's just be limited to the to the workers if that makes sense yeah and what people don't realize too is that the more you hide this or feel shame about it is the less likely that they are going to legalize it because it's only through pressure um the system unfortunately that we can get this so especially youth because the baby boomers has passed their time or passing on the button to us i think it's time that more of us actually um proclaim that cannabis use as, as you're saying and i actually want to touch on um that a little bit more in terms of you being an influencer as you said you are influencer for sensei um, medical cannabis house yeah i was i used to work with them first um but yeah I used to work with them. I used to be a supervisor there before I became a influencer. But I had to work in because you can't work in Jamaica without a CSME. And I couldn't put in basically legal issues, but I have to finish my degree in order to get a CARICOM skill certificate. So that's happening. And then I went straight back into the industry like next year because I finished in the end of this year. And how was, how was, how was that experience and what what made you decide to, to go with um, Sensei? Well, they were hiring and I wanted, I just wanted a side job. I was, I went to, I, I went, actually I went to interview as a bartender, right? To be a bartender. And then I ended up the supervisor because they just say, yeah. But I went to be a bartender. I went to be a bartender, telling you. Um, but because of my experience with like Canex, and I used to work before in Trinidad too as like a salesperson. You know what I mean? It was kind of okay, adding and then I have marketing too. So I was kind of just adding to the team in that way. So yeah, that's that's how I end up there. But I again I had to stop working, but we were cool. And then I ended up being an influencer. And I really, you see, influencing, I think influencing is super important, especially when it comes to cannabis, something that I am passionate about. Um I said I didn't want to just be, I didn't just want to create the kind of content that general influencers cannabis have, which is just showing that they're smoking. Not that it's bad, not that it's cool, not that it's not cool, like it looks good, cool, because I do it too. But I mean, I didn't want to just have pictures smoking weed and I didn't just want to have, you know what I mean? I wanted it to be engaging i wanted to inform the people and then like in, involve the place that i um influencing for i wanted to kind of it i wanted it to be educational and i wanted it to be engaging which is why i also had giveaways also because <laughs> because i used to take um my grade so i used to get grade for from being an influencer and when i would do giveaways i would just give away some of mine because that's how much i wanted to spread or let people experience you get what i'm saying like yeah take some grade for free experience way after experience you know what i mean because yeah because i feel like you kind of have to again cannabis confidence is very important in terms of getting a message cross and when and when you do have the confidence you clearly like i see people responding to that in terms of okay well teach me this and ask me questions because 
None of, as I said, most of my friends are not smokers, you know. But they'll ask me questions. What's this? <laughs> also, this does do this. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yeah, a lot of people not a lot of people just see it as you smoking. A lot of my friends as well. Um, I think I introduced cannabis to I would say 95% of my friends. Yeah, like the actual what what it actually is and what it can actually do and the actual capabilities and actual uses and actual benefits. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't even know marijuana consumption and the methods of marijuana consumption. They don't even know it have other things to do besides this. They don't even <laughs> So you are you you're going back into the, the economy as you said um come come next year. God's willing. Actually, my life could go anyhow, you know. My life could go anyhow. It could literally go anyhow. Because <laughs> I have like about three different routes right now in terms of what I could take. Or what I, I know all of them going to be happening same way. All of them going to be happening. But I still have different routes. And it really depends on what's going on at the time that I'm ready to take the routes. Right now, I'm just waiting until I finish the degree. <laughs> Do you have what? Well, you said it's still in the works, and you don't want to give away anything per se. But could could we expect you in a particular side of things? Are you going back into the influencer space? You want to become a bartender? Well, what could you share with about your 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 passion or where you want to end up? If we talking go big or go home, I'm eventually going to have my own brand of stuff and my own CBD kind of spa is what I aim for in the Caribbean. Um, and everything offered, like I'm going to have a juice bar with CBD, all the treatments include CBD or cannabis in some way, manner, or form, sell products. I also want to create like papers and stuff like that. <laughs> but, and I also want to have a farm and then I want to take the grade from my farm and donate to a hospital of my choice for anybody who need like cannabis products or just cannabis treatment they could check me i'll give it i'll donate it because <laughs> i know it actually is expensive to get those things in the hospital i think um that's my goals in terms of my life goals with cannabis in terms of my goals what i want to get back into i i mean if i was a supervisor before it would either be there or higher I guess or at least at least I what I want to do is eventually kind of train to I don't even know how to explain it but I want to be everywhere I want to be in marketing I want to be in bartender training because I'm also qualified to train bartenders and training bartenders is something that's very specific actually a lot of people a lot of bartenders are not trained (laughs) properly a lot of bartenders in Jamaica are not trained properly. And you can tell by how they just kind of come up, like how the interactions, they're just kind of selling weed. They're not actually a bartender. Um, like I would have to ask them, okay, so tell me what strains you have and tell me the effects and tell me what is this. Like that's all they would do. And like I'd have to egg, egg them all, all the time. And then I kind of realized it have a lack of training in the industry. So I think what my ultimate goal is, is the things that lack in the economy right now, I really want to fill that gap up, to be quite honest. I really want to fill the gap up. Whether it be in mediating, whether it be in getting more people to like come onto the cannabis world. Because eventually I want, 
I actually, I, I just go big or go home and I'm dreaming. And I actually want to be ambassador, like every country that is legal currently, I want all the leaders to come together. Yeah. And make a group. Yeah. And we go to the other parts of the world that don't have cannabis legal and convince them. I want cannabis legal everywhere. That's my ultimate aim in life. Cannabis legal everywhere. Every country, everywhere. Look everywhere. I definitely support that venture and I am behind you 110%. I feel like we're going about it wrong. We're waiting for people to come to their senses, but we're not being a united front country-wise. Like... And, and kind of going out there to them and saying, yo, I am the president of this country and this is why I chose to, you get what I'm saying? This is, this is why I chose to legalize it. I think this is, you know what I mean? I feel like we don't have enough of that. <laughs> we don't have enough of people caring about their neighbor in terms of that. Like, just like how you care about your neighbor, you want, you want, you want your neighbor to ensure that they're eating good. You don't want them to be going through anything hard. You know what I mean? Like, just like caring for your neighbor. I feel like that's kind of how I look at legalizing cannabis in our country. Taking care of your people and caring for your neighbor. That's that's how I see it. I hope that everyone who's listening, especially the youth, hearing the vision that cannabis can have or we, what we like to have, which is legalize it everywhere because why, why, should, why it shouldn't be, you know? Um, but before we, we leave, I just like to get some personal development questions from, from our guests, you know, who it may benefit a listener. So over the past couple of years, I'm not too sure if you're more of a book reader, you may be listening to um podcasts or watch YouTube. Is there anyone, a book, anything that, that has inspired you um over the years? Not particularly books. I am, even though I am a definitely reader. I don't think books particularly inspire me. See, quotes by some of my favorite authors, they definitely like stick stick out with me a lot. And I kind of use them as guidelines to continue being myself. So I'm going to read some of the quotes, right? So one of the quotes was kind of, um, do I contradict myself? Very well then, I do contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. And I think that that quote, which is by Walt Whitman, one of my favorite authors, he was basically saying that we are all multifaceted people. You get what I'm saying? Like if it says you're like snakes and you're like rats, but snakes eat rats. You get what I'm saying? Like we are all multifaceted people and we shouldn't, again, limit ourselves by thinking that just because I like this, I can't like this. Or just because I think this, I can't think this. You know what I mean? That's, and I have a lot of thoughts in my brain, always. So anytime I see something that's just uh, that's just telling me, yo, it's okay to have all these thoughts. And it's okay to feel them. And it's okay for both of them to coexist and for both of them to be true at the same time. I think I, think I definitely gravitate to those kind of quotes. And another one I think that is a big one that kind of keeps in my heart. I think everybody should kind of tune into this one. Um, is whoever denies me, it shall not trouble me. And whoever accepts me, he or she shall be blessed and shall bless me. And I think that's a big thing in terms of just dealing with with 
relationships, just with people when you're interacting with people, and also letting go of things that clearly are not for you, which which is I think a habit a lot of humans have an issue with. <laughs> and and just also the blessed part kind of kind of does let me know whenever you approach something in life or whenever you're approaching something or just people add value to that or to or well, I don't want to say turn it since I have lesson but ensure that wherever wherever the interaction is 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 kind of leave from there from a kind of blessing perspective and a blessing perspective could be so good as in wow I woke up today and I feel I feel more rested. That's a big blessing. You get what I'm saying? In my eyes. I think I think those are it. I'm more of a quote girl. Yeah, and if it, if it is I had to I'd suggest a book, I would say Shit My Dad Says. Definitely. It's a book about a guy who have a dad. <laughs> and, and he was just, and he was basically telling stories from how like how like life's lessons his dad taught him. And when he looked back, what he what he kind of learned from learned from it one of one of the quotes actually on my instagram um when i put story quotes one of them there but i think that book like was one of the most inspiring inspiring books i ever read because kind of like you know how i i think it's very important to let people love you as themselves and you love them as yourself and what also comes with love is when you decide to love somebody is you're also making a decision to accept them for who they are, as they are, if that makes sense. And if they decide, and if you, I mean, if you want to continue loving them, then they're gonna accept, have to accept all the illusions. But just, just generally, I have to, cause accept them as they are, because I think a lot of people kind of just pass through and pass through my life, and wasn't loving me as I am, and that kind of make me feel very. I think it's probably why I used to hide so much, which is why I kind of appreciate how cannabis let me not care about being myself. Because cause then I would know who actually, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would know who actually is for me. Yeah, so it's kind of like cannabis kind of helped me weed out people, you know, if that if we was to really get technical. It helped me weed out people. It helped me weed out people for sure. I'm I'm glad that I had this um this interview with you. Um, it it has been both educational and very inspirational. I I feel more inspired today than I was before this um this interview. And it's always great to have conversations with with other like-minded persons because sometimes we we tend to think we are alone in in this world in different ventures of our life. But sometimes there are other persons on that same pathways you or you may cross pathways and just that that smile of support knowing that someone else is there on that journey with you whether it's directly with you or not it's encouraging it's encouraging so i do see that the cannabis economy in the region is in good hands with with persons such as yourself in the future yeah i hope one day that i'll be rolling a paper from Adri- adriana i hope one day i'll be smoking a from adriana herself you know so these these are the goals that I I see for the, the region and for for the youth that's coming up in um in the region in the cannabis space. So Adriana, um, but before before we do leave um 
That's why I'm telling us how persons can find you, um, find your music, your social media. You guys can find me on Instagram at underscore A-H-D-R-I-A-N-N-A. That's underscore Adriana. On Spotify and Tidal and every major streaming platform, you could find me at A-H-Dash, which is a hyphen, capital D-R-I-A-N-N-A, Adriana. And yeah, you could follow me and listen to my music and tell me what you think. And yeah, just have fun. You could definitely get high and listen to my music. I promise you, it goes hand in hand. <laughs> it goes hand in hand. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Adriana. It was a pleasure having this discussion. And I hope that we will have one again in the near future um, with both yourself and myself in different capacities of the cannabis economy in the region. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. It was a very nice conversation. It's so nice. Elevation makes you Hi, give thanks for listening to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Be sure to like, share and follow to stay up to date with all the development and behind the scenes happening across the Caribbean cannabis community. Until next time, remember to meditate and educate.